Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. Over the next four weeks, I'm going to preach the gospel. You're going to hear the word. Um, but I want you to know that part of it is I'm going to try to compel you um, to participate, not just in sitting in our church, um, but be behind what we're trying to do for the kingdom here. By no means all the things that I'm going to preach over the next four weeks is about us getting involved in the kingdom. By no means does that mean that reach is the only place that you should involve yourself with the kingdom, but it is an opportunity if you are a part of our church uh, to participate. Um, so I just I don't want you to think, man, what is he trying to do here? I'm just going to tell you what I'm trying to do at the beginning so that you won't be shocked at the end and you won't be shocked next week and the week after and the week after. Um, so uh, my thing today that I want you to hear is uh, what you focus on matters. Focusing on the right stuff matters, uh, and it's easy in our day-to-day lives <laughs> to let our focus drift to what doesn't matter. Um, most of the headaches in your life right now are probably focused on things that don't really matter. In the long run, I'm, I'm talking about eternity. I'm talking about things that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, will it be a concern? And most of the things that I stress about in my life are the here and now things that God ends up taking care of. I, didn't, I don't mean to say that like one day magically he sprinkles fairy dust and all the things are easy. I mean that at the end of it, I get to see God's hand in it. And we need to make sure that as we go through, that we don't focus on the wrong things that seem like they're important in the moment and then forget about the important things. When we live and apply the Word of God to our lives, which hopefully you joined us through our series in James. If you missed that, it's all online. You can listen to them. So we went through verse by verse through James. James was this idea that God gives us wisdom. The idea with wisdom isn't that we know it. The idea of wisdom is that we do something with it. We know it, and in knowing it, we do something with the knowledge that we've put in us. Uh, today's text will help clarify what matters most. Uh, before we jump into um, the Bible, I, I love to pray, and I do this in purpose. I, I kind of build up what we're going to talk about, and then I want to pray, because the most important thing that you will hear today is not the words and thoughts and feelings of Heath Cadell. It will be the Word of God. Um, we, we, we value the Word of God. We believe that the Word of God is the Word of God spoken to us. It's the truly reliable source that we can lean into and get a direction to go towards. So let's pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray your grace. Lord, as your words are read, as your words are heard, Lord, I pray that you would stir our affection towards you. Lord, I just echo what we sang a minute ago. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy for our focus and our life to be directed towards you. And so, Lord, in places of our life that we've put our focus and attention and we're chasing after things that will leave us wanting, Lord, I pray that you'd redirect us to the source 
um, of our real true joy and peace, which is you. So Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for these moments that we have. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the idea with making sure that um, you focus on the right things is that the tension that it produces is what happens if you get it wrong. The section of scripture that we're going to talk about today in Matthew 6 has a subheading that says, uh, don't be anxious, which we've talked about this before. Um, I, I want to just confess, just in, just in case, maybe it's your first Sunday or maybe you forget and you think that this guy up here with the microphone has got everything figured out and he, he doesn't get anxious. Uh, if you've been here long enough, you know that I, I have a counselor, a therapist I go to almost once a month. Uh, love this guy. He preached here, I think, in uh, December of last year, Jim Snyder. I'll send you his information if you're looking for somebody to meet with. Um, but anxiety can be something that just rules us. And this, this is what today is going to talk about. And it's going to tell us how, that, how we don't become anxious. And I, I'm just going to say from the beginning that I am anxious about going to two services. There are lots of reasons why I don't want to do it. In, in the primary one, if you want to, if you want to peer into my soul, um, I'm absolutely terrified of failure. It rules me. I mean, I, there's there's pieces of me that is so afraid of stepping into things because I may look stupid or I may fail at it. Um, and I would love that today's message would help you never fail, but that's not what today's message is. Today's message is that even in your failure, even in your striving, God is gracious. And good. And so I, I could sit here because I was anxious when we went to two services. It was a big deal. I mean, our, our church in September will be 11 years old. We've been doing this for a minute. Um, we moved into this building six years ago, June. And we, when we moved into this building, we started to grow. And we grew and grew and grew. We saw tremendous growth compared to what we had been for the five years previous to this. It was just like a breath of fresh air. I don't know what happened. We, we changed a few things, but like we started growing. We hit uh, about 140 going into 2020. And I was like, man, nothing Nothing can stop us. Like we're, I was dreaming about the building. I'm like, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. And I remember in March going to this pastor's retreat, and we like dummies were sitting around talking about COVID. This is before COVID was COVID. And we're like, have you heard about that thing? Do you think you know there'll be a they'll shut down for a week or two? And everybody's like, absolutely not. This is the USA. We're not shutting down. And um, two weeks later, we stopped having services, and um, we, we closed down, I think, for about seven weeks, started back, and the reason why you're in the room that you're in right now, um, which you'll see this when we go back to two services, this wall will close, and we'll be in this part. But when we came back, um, our, our number was cut by 40%, so we went from like 140 to about 80 on a good Sunday. Um, and we spread out in this room so everybody could have space, and we tried to do everything that we could um, to make people comfortable and give six feet space. And then um, we started over. A lot of you in this room right now, probably 40 or 50% of you in this room right now, did not know us before COVID, which is crazy. And, you know, so there, there's anxiety in me because, like, we, we went to two services and it was great. And, and two services complicates. 
Ideally, I would love to get a bigger building and never have more than one service. Because you know why? I don't like preaching more than once. I'm just going to be honest. I get longer, second service. So you people that are thinking, I'm going to come to second service, you're going to get more. I'm just going to promise you. Because I'll say something really good first service, and I'm going to go, I've got to say that in second service with all the other stuff I'd already said. And it's scary when you try something that you might fail at. But the truth is that everything worth having is worth the risk of failing. And many of you in this room are are walking in areas of freedom that you never thought you would walk in because you took a step into something with God. It was crazy when we planted this church 10 years ago. If you don't know our story, and if you come to Pizza with Pastor, you would get more of this, but... um, I was a lifelong, a plan to be a lifelong youth pastor. I got saved when I was 18 through a parachurch organization called Young Life, and I intended to be in youth ministry the rest of my life. I never wanted to pastor a church. I still don't like the responsibility of everybody going, what should we do? I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know. And God called us to this place, and, and long story short, we, 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 we left a very good church, with a very secure salary, um, with a promise of a long career that would never be taken from me to go to the unknown. And eight families, from well, seven families from our church in Southern Pines, uh, and one family that just found us through another connection moved here to plant this church. Eight. I think 36 of us total. And we launched in Lila Middle School, which, like, for those that never experienced Lila Middle School, like, thank you, senior center. There was one summer that the air conditioning unit went out and we did not have AC in that building for like six weeks and it was horrible. But those families took a risk. Most of them, everybody's like, how'd you get eight families to move here with you? And I was like, I don't know. Everybody that I asked to move with us didn't come. And everybody that came just felt on their own, whether it was us talking about it up front in church, um, they felt like this was what we're supposed to do, and they moved here, and they took a risk. They left jobs, they left families, they sold homes, they started over here. And really what this series that I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to take a risk. No, we're not moving or planting another church. This is my one. I mean, we'll build a building at some point, but like Keith Cadell, I'm not going to say that because God has a way of... I have no intention of planting another church. This is my one and done. But I'm going to invite you to take a risk with us because some of you are like new and you're like, I'm not even sure if I like them. That's a great reason to come to Pizza with Pastor. But my call to you over the next couple of weeks is that if we're going to continue to do what we're going to do, which is preach the gospel and expose people to the life-changing work of Jesus, we have to make room. Look, Look around which this is great. I mean, like, there was early days that I would start, worship would start, and there'd be four people in the room. No lie. That's why I sit up front. Because some of you, I'm I'm not going to, like, I love you, I love you. But some of you come late. And I'm like, you freak me out. That's why I sit up front. I don't ever look. I don't know if you watch me during worship. I don't look back. Because sometimes, even when we started today, it's like, is anybody going to come? And so I sit over there and I put all my attention up front and I sing as loud as I can because like I can't. So like come early. Anyway, you'll take some of the anxiety and stress out of my life. 
But we're going to ask you to take a risk um, with a huge reward potential. Because come hell or high water, um, God sent me to this city um, to die. I've done a lot of dying over the last 10 years. And he sent me here not just to have a church and not just, uh, you know, like gather people so we can collect some of your money and one day build a building. Um, He sent us here so that we could change people's lives. And some of you in this room have experienced that at Reach, and I'm grateful that we've been there for you. But there's people, and I'm preaching next Sunday, you'll get a little taste of this. There's people in this city that are his. They don't know they're his. And you're going to participate in their awakening to the gospel. And so I'm going to invite you to take a risk um, in potentially volunteering in a slightly dysfunctional church. And I say that, I say that, because some of you are like, well, I'll serve, but if they ain't got all their ducks in a row, like, I'm going to be frustrated. All you type A people that are like, it's got to be perfect, maybe we need to use you to help us get better. And our systems are pretty good. I don't want you to think like you show up and... But, like, we're not perfect. And we're going to invite you into a little bit of a mess that sometimes, like today, we had some people show up for setup um, that weren't on our schedule, and we, like, knocked it out of the park. And then some of the people that came in, like, they had, like, 10 minutes of work. <laughs> um, wasn't our, our purpose, but we we're grateful for it. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to jump in to chapter 6, verse 19. I'm going to give you a few verses because... Really, um, chapter 20, I mean, verse 25, chapter 6 is where the title, Do Not Become Anxious, is. But there's a word at the beginning of that section that says, therefore. And if you ever see a therefore, you've got to know why it's therefore. So if you see these words, you need to look back to what it's talking about. So I'm going to start in verse 19. It says, in verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy and where thieves will break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you were here two weeks ago when we talked about the wealthy, we know that they chased after things that would never satisfy them. They they literally wounded and robbed and killed other people to have a possession that is going to be gone. You may not know this, but all the things that you have fought for, and I say this, and all the things that are in your bank account one day will be given to someone else, whether you want it or not. And a slight, not disclaimer, but if you don't have a will, you probably should. Because when when your life ends, they don't, you know, you're not a pharaoh that they're going to dig a big hole and put all your stuff in there. It's going to just get dispersed to someone else. And so where he's saying here, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And and let me just tell you, let me tell you, where your treasure is, your heart is. So where, where's your heart? Where are the things? And I heard somebody say this one time, if you want to know what people keep as their idol or what people treasure, take it from them or scratch it, that new car. And you see this like, oh my gosh, you... We hold on to these things, and he's saying where your treasure is. And, and what we're going to see in the text that's coming is we all fight for things that won't satisfy us. We all fight for things that won't make us happy. And we want to make sure that we place our heart in the right place because it is our duty 
It won't just happen. It won't just ha- you won't just wake up one morning and be like, my heart is yours. You have to like, place it in God's control over and over again and say, I want my heart to be where you are because I want to treasure you. And if we understood honestly what God has done for us, is doing for us, he would be our treasure, which is partly what we do here. Verse 25, and this is our section right here, and I'm going to go through this not super fast, but um, get to the point. So verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, and he's just said, Hey, like don't, don't, don't fight for these things that won't satisfy you, that won't build your heart, that are going to be stolen or rust or moths are going to eat up. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. That's a pill that I think if we could just swallow right now. There's some people in this room, they just need that. They need to hear that word. Do not be anxious about your life. Some of us, at the end of the service, there's a little banner back there that says prayer. Some of us need to go back there just for this anxiety. Because I'm not against medication, but the, 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 the key thing to fix anxiety, which is what we're going to talk about today, is putting our hope in the right place. We're mostly anxious because, and this is me, when things happen and things that I feel like I need to fix, I get anxious because I think I'm not sure I can fix them. And most of them aren't things that I can fix. They're things that I need to turn over to the Lord and say, God, I'm not the Savior. I'm not the great divine healer. I need to leave these things to you. And so it doesn't mean that I ignore them. It just means that I lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I want your help in these things. It says, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body. What you'll put on is life not more than food and the body more than clothing. See, these are worries of everyday life. How much of our lives are lived worrying about this stuff? And think about it this way. The people that he was talking to in the gospel, Jesus was talking to, they did not have health insurance. They did not have homeowner's insurance. They did not have Social Security. They did not have retirement funds. They didn't have life insurance. So yes, they were fighting to go like, I need to live and I need to do these things. And what you're going to hear in out of the mouth of Jesus is focus on the right things. And we're going to talk about this. This is, this is not an opportunity for you to be lazy and do nothing. This is an opportunity for you to not let your fixation on things lead you down a path that you don't need to. And so he continues on, verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither... They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add even a single hour to his span of life? See, God is not telling you to sit back in your lazy boy and do nothing. Because are birds lazy? Like, do you see birds like, oh, I'm going to hibernate, I'm not going to do it? No, they're actively working, but they're not working for necessarily next week, next month, next year, next decade. They're just doing what they need to do today to survive. 
Verse 28. It says, Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And they are beautiful. I'm telling you what, if you had beautiful flowers, if you weren't watering them real good over the last two weeks, they're probably gone. Our front um, stoop, they got, we left for a little bit and um, they just got eat up. But that's the thing. They were beautiful in that moment, but they go away. We look at them and we, we think, oh man, that is beautiful. But then they disappear. And yet, at, um, verse 30, it says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, it says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. Everyone else that you interact with is worrying about this. But we, children of God, are called to be different from the world. And I recommend, this is a section of um, probably the greatest sermon recorded of Jesus, Sermon on the Mount. You can read the rest of this. He's going to go through so many other pieces of what's going on in pieces of, um, of people's lives. See, God knows that being like everyone else isn't the goal. Surrendering and trusting your life to Him is. And He's going to go through all these things saying, hey, trust in me. And really... The, the voice of God every morning when you wake up is whispering in your ear, do you trust me? Because each day you're going to have an opportunity or given an opportunity, am I going to trust him or am I not? Because things are going to happen that are outside of your control and you're going to be like, what am I going to do? And God's whispering in your ear, are you going to trust me? Um, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He's saying if you focus on the right things, His kingdom still being a person, that you know, is like this person's still going to work, this person's still doing the things that are necessary, but they're not focused on this is going to be my salvation. They're not going into work in the morning going, I need this promotion so I can have more. They're going, hey, I'm going to work as unto the Lord in everything I do. So how do you counteract this type of anxiety? You put your focus on the right thing. Psalms 105 verse 4. It says, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. See, how do you do it? How do you seek Him Continually. There's this um, book um, called Practicing the Presence, written by a monk named Brother Lawrence. It's a real short book. I think you can find the pre free PDF online if you don't want to buy it. And Brother Lawrence was a man who loved God, and he loved God so much that he wanted to go to a monastery and, and spend every waking moment of his life worshiping and honoring God. But you know what? He got to the monastery, and he was disappointed that there was 
stuff that had to be happen happened in his job description, meaning cleaning, cooking, taking care of the garden. There were things that he didn't deem as like, this is God worshiping, praying. He was frustrated that he had to divide his time and, and he would you know, be doing the dishes and he's frustrated he's doing dishes because he's not praying, he's not reading, he's not studying. And, and he came to this realization, I think, when he read that scripture that says, do everything as unto the Lord. And this idea of practicing the presence of God is, is literally just going, hey, where, and you may not know this, but if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God lives in you, the, the, the guarantee of your inheritance. And everywhere you go, there's church. Everywhere you go, the presence of God is in you. And every activity that you do, you can honor God with it. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, If then you have, who have been raised with Christ seek the things above where Christ is seated At the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. It starts here. Like, if we want to change what's going on in our heart and where our treasure is going, we have to start in our mind. We have to deal with all the things that are wrestling or or running through our brain. We have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Uh, Verse 34. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today is enough. Jesus um, tells his people, he said, I am a lamp into your feet. The idea that God is a lamp. Like how many people, if we're going to be honest, how many people are satisfied with just what you go into a dark room and pull out a lamp? A lamp is going to give you very good light in a small area. So you can see what's right here. And it gives you a little bit of view of what's coming up ahead, but it's, it's not bright. And that idea is that every time, at least if you're anything like me, most of my anxiety comes from what's out there. I can't see it. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know about you. I have a little chicken little in me. I have a little, the sky is falling, something happens, you know, something happens with one of my kids, or something happens in the church, and I'm like, it's all, like, run out of the building, it's on fire. That's, that's my natural, uh, so I have to deal with that. And, and every time I get my focus on, like, I don't know what's going to happen there, I don't know what's going to be fixed here, I have to go back to here. Because right now, today is where God has brought you. I said this, uh, I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, the only the only place that God is active is today. He may be active in the future, but you're not in the future. And he, he may have been active in the past, but you're not in the past. You're right here. The only place that God has access to you is now. Focus on today. Because de- today is the only place that you can make a difference. And what I, I would like to do as we're going through this series is I'm encouraging you to step into serving at reach. What I'm trying to do is activate a calling on people in this room. Uh, My wife and I started attending the church that we planted from in 1999 in December. They were smaller than we are right now. We had an overhead projector. If you all remember that, you could put it upside down. The words are backwards and wrong. Overhead projector. And, and when we went there, we were just 
We were just looking for a church. We found it in the yellow pages. Do anybody remember that book? Now you just Google it, and you pray that the Google gods will put you high enough in the register that they find us. I'm just kidding about Google gods. Um, they aren't God. But we just went into the church, and we weren't like, hey, one day we're going to be youth pastors, and one day we're going to plant a church. We, we, we literally just started serving. And, and I've said this before, if you've heard this, our first volunteer role um, at Grace, which is the church we came from, was in a fifth grade class. Um, I mean, I wasn't like, yes, this is what I want to do. They had a need, and I stepped into it. Um, and that didn't lead us directly to where we're going, but it started us on this journey. And then one day we started volunteering in a youth group, just volunteering, and a, a little bit down the road, a year from there, I, I became the youth pastor. I don't even know how that happened. Sometimes I wish that I would have had their discernment of what they were doing then because I don't know that I would have picked me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I love Jesus, and, you know, we, we were, I think, sane and, you know, like not weird. I was married to this beautiful lady. Uh, we didn't even have kids at that point. Uh, and we stepped into this role, and, you know, honestly, if you're looking for um, what God wants to do with you, here's my best advice for you. Just do something. Because sometimes we're so afraid of making the wrong step, fear of failure, that we don't make any steps. And we believe in a sovereign God, and sometimes you step into something that isn't going to be your end game. So some of the things that I'm going to ask you to serve in, like, you're probably not like, I get to make coffee? Yes! I've been waiting for an opportunity to brew some good coffee, because like, this isn't that great. Oh, okay. Um, or, Or set up, or some of these other areas, but you have no idea what one act of obedience does. I can't promise you that one day you'll be on staff and plant a church somewhere, but I can promise you that if you walk in obedience to God, He will always lead you to where He wants you. So here's some of my questions for you. Uh, is this your struggle? If you're going to be honest with yourself right now, or is your focus right now leading you to a place of health and peace and joy? And if it's not, my encouragement isn't to go, well, I don't know what to do. My encouragement is for you to go, God, I need you. I, we don't free ourselves. I, I wish there was a little pill just like this communion cup. I wish this uh, little bread that's amazing, tastes like awesome. Um, I wish when you peeled this out and put it on your tongue, like the, the good, good vibe, good feelings just seep through your body and it would last you until next week where you could take some more. That isn't the case. My hope is that you would be willing to just say, God, I, I want to know you. So one of our things, if you've seen our, church, our shirts, um, our, our mission in the short is that we're here to help people live like Jesus is greater. That's what's on our t-shirts. If you serve, you get one. Um, <laughs> our, our goal is to help you live like Jesus is greater in your homes, uh, in your cities, or in your, in your hearts, in your homes, in your cities. That's the progress. So start central. You know, when Jesus had a mission, he said start in Jerusalem, then go out from there. So if we can get you to learn to live in that place of obedience, will it be easy? No. 
Every church that says, hey, say yes to Jesus and your bank account's going to automatically grow and your marriage... Honestly, honestly, if you decide to follow Jesus wholehearted, I'm going to promise you there will be difficulty. Because then when it happens, you won't be like, why does God hate me? God doesn't hate you. God is so interested in your life that he's going to do everything in his power to help you be willing to surrender over and over again. Will your investment today, or what you're investing in today, matter 10 years from now? And our request to you is, would you be willing to invest a little time and your talents at REACH? Um, on your way out, the table that you filled out your name tags, and if you're not using those, you know, use those so we know who you are. Um, I mean, it is a little awkward when you look down and be like, hey, John. Um, but, but, we still see your names, and then at some point you remember them. On that same table, there's, um, there's some clipboards there, and there's uh, a place that you can sign up to volunteer. And there's a little list above, so you can put your name and email and phone number. Um, and there's a little category on the other end, and there's a list of things. So you can help. These are immediate needs as we go into two service. Um, we're going to need with help with setup. I started with there because I'm on the setup team. Um, we need help with uh, Reach Kids. And actually, amazing job uh, by Ashley. I think she said right now we need some baby. Like, I think we only need two baby. And that's the best. Fifth grade, man, that's work. Holding babies. That's where I would be. Um, we need two people specifically. We need uh, like three or four people on our coffee team, um, and we'll we'll walk you through all that. If you're like, I don't know how to make coffee, we can make you a barista with great Kirkland's coffee. Um, our another one of our areas uh, that you can help in is our greeters and ushers. And on that list, if, if you're interested, and if you're new and your your plan is to come to a pizza with a pastor, we're going to talk about all those things. So if you're like, hey, let me hear those things, I would rather you hear those things. And at the end of next week, I'm going to ask you to participate just like I am today. But if you've been here and you're like, man, I've got time and I've got talents and I want to serve, um, you can sign up. And you're going to hear that every week for the next couple of weeks because we want to reach our city. Um, and we need you to make that happen. I'm going to invite our, our worship team up here, and I want to I end with a prayer, uh, mostly answering this question of how will we change. The only way that we will change is we begin to ask for help. Um, and I want to read a prayer out of Ephesians um, that was to the people of Ephesus. This is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being." So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend all the saints uh, what is the breadth and length and height and depth to, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If your life is filled with anxiety, just changing your focus to things that are better isn't going to fix it. See, here's, here's the gospel. Is that we're broken and messed up people from day one. There's no one in this room that isn't, even if you are saved, isn't still a little broken, isn't still a little messed up. And Jesus, knowing how broken and messed up we were, unable to fix ourselves, unable to heal ourselves, unable to change our situations... He sent a permanent ability for us to connect with Him because we were isolated and separated because of our sin. And He sent His Son in the flesh. God loved us so much. For everybody that's like, how can, how can God be this? And like, if there's evil in the world, He sent a solution to the evil in the world. He came Himself. He lived a sinless life and died on the cross. Hebrews says, do not be deceived. There will be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And God shed His own blood through His Son on the cross so that if we have faith in Him and trust in Him, then He lives in us and we have eternity. And one day, one day, we will leave this body of sin and we will have eternity. This life, even as hard as it has been so far, is a vapor. It's a moment. And then we spend eternity outside of this sinful body in a new glorified body. We will never have evil thoughts. We won't be filled with sin. We won't fight temptation anymore. And we'll live in the presence of God. Not in a cloud. Not in a robe. Singing our song. We'll be singing a song. We'll be, but we'll be living on the new heaven and the new earth. In the presence of the living God. And if you want to be free from the anxiety that's going on in your life right now. You have to start with him. If you don't know Jesus, if you've not invited Jesus, and I know that's a weird idea, invited him to live in your heart. Really all that translates into if you've surrendered your will to his, and this isn't a one-time transaction. And I don't mean like so I got to pray every week to get saved. No, what I mean is when you say yes to Jesus, that's just joining the team. That's just beginning the journey. And you spend the rest of your life following him. Because that's what Jesus asked for. He asked for people to follow him. He asked for people to come after him. He asked for people to deny themselves and pick up their cross, which is a crazy thing I don't have time to talk about, and follow him. And in that, you'll have the most peace and joy you'll ever have. Your relationship with your Family, children, wives, other people will be radically transformed the more you surrender to Him. We have these little things. Uh, I'm always afraid that someone's going to sit on a communion cup. Um, one of my daughter's friends is the only one that I've known that has done it. He sat on it, got all over his pants, felt bad about that. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jesus, before he was betrayed... Um, he gathered his disciples, and this is before he went to the cross. And he broke bread, and he said, this is my body, which it hadn't happened yet. This is my body broken for you. Take, do this in remembrance of me. And then they passed the cup of wine, 
And he said, uh, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink and, and, and remember. And, and the reason why we do this, what we're getting ready to do, what we call communion, is a reminder for all of you religious people in the room that think that you saved yourself and you did the work that was necessary for you to be forgiven and righteous, uh, this is the reminder that no, you didn't. This is the reminder, reminder, that all of us are on the same page because all of us are going to take communion today together and there aren't special people and not so special people. They're either children of God or not children of God. And children of God take this in remembrance of what he's done for us. And so as we consume these elements... We're saying to God, I trust you. That's what this is. And another beautiful thing about this is uh, we're called Reach Community Church. This is what makes us family. We didn't come from the same parents, and I have parents in the room right now uh, that are here, and there's generations of people that are here because of them. Um, But a lot of us in this room have no blood connection unless we want to go all the way back to Adam and Eve. But we're not necessarily family, but this is what makes us family. When, when we take this, we're saying we're his children. We, when we become his children, this becomes our family. Slightly dysfunctional family, remember, but family. And I want us, as we take this, and we're going to go into a song, and I encourage you, just take a minute. Before, don't just rush into this. Don't just throw the bread in your mouth and take the juice. Paul in Corinthians said that you, you should weigh what's going on. If, if there's sin and stuff going on in your life that you know isn't of God, confess it. Before you take this, just say, God, I know last night, last week, whatever this added, whatever it is, just lay it before the feet of God. And the beauty is, when we humble ourselves, there's so much grace for us. And th- this is what this is. This is us looking to God and saying, I need you. So I'm going to pray for us. Um, when you're ready, take communion. Uh, the song's going to start. You can worship when you're ready. Uh, but Lord, I'm grateful today that you've still given me life here in the city. And because I have breath in my lungs, I know that you're not done with me. And I know that you're not done with those that are sitting in these seats. And I know that you're not done with this church. And I know that you have many in the city that are yours called to be your children. But today, right now, as we take communion, we're reminded that just like we entered into your family, everyone else can. So, Lord, as, as we take these elements, as we remember your death, burial, and resurrection, as we put our hope in that, where forgiveness is handed out, where righteous is transferred to us. Lord, we thank you. Lord, would you, would you show us areas of our life that we put a focus that is leading us away from you and not towards you? Would you course correct for us? And Lord, I just thank you for the grace and mercy that you extend to us when we step into this life of surrender. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for these moments that we have. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.